stories don't define you, how you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker at Elkins Consulting. In my work with coaching clients, I guide people to improve their communication using storytelling as the foundation of our work together. What I've realized over years of coaching and podcasting is that the majority of people don't realize the impact of the stories they share on their internal messages and on the people they're sharing them with. What really lights me up is guiding executives and uncovering the stories in their lives that are meaningful. The stories that, when shared with the right audience in the right way, connect, inspire, and motivate. Here's what a former client had to say about our work together. As a leader of leaders, I struggle with how and when to use my stories to emphasize the points my audience is looking for. It's a delicate balance between sounding like I'm bragging and delivering a message that needs to be heard. Sarah's approach to storytelling clears that obstacle so that you can deliver a clear and concise message using your stories to emphasize your points. It's truly amazing when it all comes together. Greg McDonough, Blackburn Capital Advisors and President of the Entrepreneurs' Organization of Washington, D.C. Visit elkinsconsulting.com to learn more about working with me. So I'm, I'm so fortunate today to have yet another introduction from the fabulous Meg Nosero, um, this time to Lisa Caprelli, who is calling in from Huntington Beach, California. And um, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for joining me, Lisa. Thank you, Sarah, for having me on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to, to dive into some of what has um, motivated you and inspired you to get to do what you're doing now. So at the beginning of these interviews, I always start by asking my guests to share something about themselves that most people might not know about them. And the reason I do that is I love for our listeners to gain a little bit of insight about the the person and the stories that they're going to hear at the very beginning of the conversation. So what do you have to share with us? Thank you. Well, something most people don't know about me is I can write really fast. Um, I've been writing um, and didn't know I'd be a full-time author and children's author all these years later. I am 50 years old today and feel, still oh, feel seven. Happy um, birthday. I can, thanks. I, I, um, I could, um, I can write really fast and think really fast and I can create a story kind of out of nothing. It's going to be more on the fictional side or, or fairy tale with, um, something appealing that, that would make you kind of want to go to it or be part of it. And, and, uh, so that would be something most people don't know about me. Yeah, I would agree mostly because I know as a writer that Sometimes it takes a long time to get the ideas out on paper. <laughs> so I, I, that's kind of amazing. Are you talking about also the physical ability to like write with a pen and paper? Yes. I, I you know, my, my only voice was on paper. I often say growing up because I'm, I grew up really shy, like my character Unicorn Jazz in my first Unicorn Jazz book series and, and it describes her. And so I put some of my character into her personality and then fictionalized things like she has a musical note for a tale because she likes to sing and she's really good at it. And I'm not really good at singing. So I added things that I would <laughs> into the character and, and, and onwards. But um, yeah, I, um, I can write really fast and I've never had a writer's block. I don't understand that. I actually have too many things that I can write about, which is why I blog, which is why 
with social media, I can, you know, I've learned how to come up with a, a message when Twitter came around, you know, a long message into us to just a few, you know, 140 characters, for example. Um, so I really will say it's just because it's, it's come from a lifetime of, of my forte really being writing. And I didn't know that as a young girl, that this is what I would become. Isn't that funny? I mean, I think we get so many little clues about what we will become in our youth by the things that we love, but that we didn't necessarily recognize as, as special or um, important to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why my book, it's called the thing I do. There's a song that's called a thing I do. I've written many songs by now. I have a children's album and my show is called unicorn jazz presents the thing I do, which proud to say it's on Amazon TV um, now. And, um, that was created since the pandemic. Um, I was halted into going into schools and giving live presentations, Mm -hmm. you know, like many, I would put myself in the entertainment artist category where I couldn't do my thing. So the thing I do is about, um, you know, and it's meant for all ages, but it is for kids, uh, that you should celebrate the interest of what you like to do, but also be interested in other people's things because the world is made for collaboration and teamwork. So, you know, my thing has been writing and going back, if I could show myself, this is what you're going to become. Of course, would I have taken different steps? Yeah. And, but at the same time, everything lends from lends to something else. My whole uh, background and experience 30 years now in marketing and, and branding before I created the brand uh, Unicorn Jazz, which I meant to do as, you know, an iconic household name, which we're still building kind of like Hello mm-hmm. Kitty, Mickey Mouse, and then there's Unicorn right. Jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, that describes easily and quickly exactly what you do and what you love to do. So I am curious, though, when you... Um, you, you told me right before we hit record that you grew up in El Paso, Texas, and then uh, somehow made your way to Huntington Beach, California. And I'm curious about um, what that life pivot point was that made you realize that writing was your thing. Yes, thank you. Uh, well, I my, with my background, I had spent you know my career um, always rising to the top with companies, working alongside the CEO you know, being interested in what they do, what their thing is, what, what, you know, what they want to promote and grow more of. So that's, that lent to my marketing background. And when I moved to California 20 years ago now from El Paso, Texas, and I came from very humble beginnings, you know, I was poor. And uh, when I moved here um, with really nothing but like a hundred dollars type story, Mm -hmm. um, I became entrepreneurial and um, I was so blessed that so many people helped me. And um, I started a different companies and operated and ran them that have been very successful. And then people would find out what I did and they would ask me to market and, and, you know, what are the tricks or secrets to grow their business? So there are so many that it would, you know, take hours mm-hmm. to even understand. But I did write a book called Color Your Message, The Art of Digital Marketing and Social Media when, when Instagram, Twitter and all those social platforms were coming out. And um went live with that book around 2012, I believe. And uh, so when people would read the book, they were like, well, I don't want to do this. I just want to hire you. So that led to my you know, marketing career with many mm-hmm. interesting clients of all sorts. Some, I had a, 
a McLaren client, you know, a, a fast cars. I, I did brands, things that I didn't even know. I did med device. I helped, you know, launch the brand, but it really came back to understanding the writing. Like there's writing in everything. And that's what I share with kids and adults. There's writing in a, in an Instagram post that gets calls to action. There's writing that before you make mm-hmm. a video, there had to be some kind of writing that, that made you, made it happen. The same with movies, the same with, you know, of course, books, that's easy. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't realize how my writing brain was going to help me, you know, write websites and write people's LinkedIn profiles and all these things. And, and the more it's kind of like, you know, if you're a musician, the more you practice, the more you're good at your singing or uh-huh. you're a speaker. So it was really writing. I actually, I actually had to grow up and learn how to speak and, and be, you know, be able to do a podcast like yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and listen and be behind the scenes where typically I was representing someone that I put on the podcast because right. that was so tables turned as I, as I've grown up. Um, and it has, it definitely was, did I have uncomfortableness? Yes. Did I n- wish someone else could be the spokesperson mm-hmm. for me? Yes. But mm-hmm. as I often share is when you are passionate about something and, and you are the entrepreneur, the owner of your own company, you, you have to set out to do things that are uncomfortable and, and, and you have to learn how to get better. And, and, you know, I'm going to be learning till the day I die, but I'm no longer shy. I'm no longer afraid of public speaking, but I'll tell you, it, it was a lot of work to get here. Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit. You said that you moved from El Paso to California 20 years ago. What, what was that move for? Was that to follow a guy? Was it for a yeah. job? It was well, a following. Uh, I did get out of relationship, but that's not, I, I was kind of done with, with, with not getting ahead and, and, you know, and of course, you know, Texas is a big state. So mm-hmm. I lived in El Paso and then I lived in San Antonio two years prior for making the leap of faith. I really just looked on the map. It was between here and New York. I, I said, this looks like a cool spot, Huntington beach where I actually live today. Um, and I live five blocks from the beach and I'm so grateful. And I share that because I grew up never seeing it in an ocean, just seeing it on a show called fantasy Island, which adults would remember. I loved that show. Yeah. I turned 50 last year. So uh, I, fantasy Island and love boat were, were <laughs> yeah. the thing so every Saturday to, night. I was memor- mesmerized <laughs> watching the ocean. I, I never thought I'd see an ocean. Can you believe that? And so mm-hmm. in one of, in, when I share in one of my pages of one of my books, being happy is, you know, walking in the beach with my characters, you know, that's, that's me. And every day is every chance I can, I, I, I do take advantage mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm very humble and grateful for my, my beginnings. I often say, how do you know you're poor unless someone tells you, because I didn't know, no, you right. don't go poor, <laughs> right? Right. We were rich in love. Right. I, I grew up in a big Hispanic family, sisters, a brother. Uh, my mom was divorced. So she, we did have a lot of challenges. And um, although, you know, when you, when you're around your peers that have more than you and you kind of, you know, don't like your circumstances because you wish you had more, which was, you know, which would be common. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were always blessed with love, with, with kindness, mm-hmm. with my grandmother teaching us, you know, get an education, Lisa, because I couldn't, she, my grandmother had a fifth grade education. She had to quit school because her mother died and she had to raise her family. Mm-hmm. So she was very um, heartfelt with her messages. And, and I feel that, that, you know, my books and my messages are very heartfelt and have emotion in them 
because that's emotion is what drives us, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it was the emotions of my sisters where we, we relished in laughing and playing, you know, we didn't go around going, Oh my gosh, we're poor. And you know, hope <laughs> right. is us. And, and I really le- feel that, that, you know, all these years later and, and during the pandemic, which none of us knew we would have, which affected the world. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I just, used it as a reference point thinking, well, I'm in a much better place today than when I grew up. This, this, where I live today right. is where I would have wanted to be in a pandemic. And rather right. than focusing on the doom and gloom, which to me is quicksand, I immediately said, I have to do something that's, that's going to still reach children. How do I reach more children now? And thank God we have mm-hmm. technology that helped me zoom platforms going virtually into schools city by city that I could just go into my studio room and not fly anywhere. So there was a lot of silver linings. I was able to create the the thing I do show and connect with kid actresses and, and teachers and all kinds of people. I actually worked more in the pandemic than any time in my life. I utilized mm-hmm. every hour of every day because I knew it was going to be an opportunity to create content. I, I had, I had, you know, parents of these incredible kids that are part of the show now that said, you would never have access to my kid if it wasn't for this time. They would have right. been in back Broadway shows, commercials, TV. And then I said, well, me too. I wouldn't have this time. So why don't we help each other and do something exactly. for the greater good of exactly. kids? And, so, and that's, that's how it was born. Well, I would, I would like to back up to um, a really specific story. So when you said you moved to California with nothing, do you remember your arrival? I mean, where? Yes. I'm just so I, curious. I'm imagining yes, this I young know. woman, 30 years yeah. old going, this is it. This is, this is my chance. I'm going to take it. And then driving across the country with whatever you own yeah. and, and just being crazy. like, where am I going to live? So what did, what yeah. was that like? I want something really specific. Okay. Well, first of all, everyone told me I shouldn't. Not one person supported me. They said, you're not going to make it. How can you do it? You're crazy. It was crazy. It was bold and brave. Um, I, one of those people that if you tell me, no, I probably want to do it anyways. You know, I want. Sounds like an Aries. Yeah. Like I. Or a middle child. (laughs) It's a middle child. You know, let me make the mistake. And then, okay, you're right. Or, you know, no, I was right in, in, Mm -hmm. in. My instinct, um, I didn't know that I'd be an entrepreneur until I moved here. And I definitely have the entrepreneurial gene, which again, I didn't know at the time. Um, and I, yeah, I came here and with a U-Haul just full of, you know, what I could bring. And uh, I came here with a big smile on my face, a lot of kindness, which a lot of Texans are known for. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone wanted to help me. I was very authentic in saying I'm new and saying I want to make it. And so many people helped me. I remember just saying, God, I want to say I'm new forever because I got so much help. Um, I acclimated pretty quickly. Um, I did have incredible skill sets that I brought here that that helped me. I was always a straight A, you know, geek in school. I graduated magna cum laude. Um, I actually was able to finish my degree not till I was 40 um, in, in social psychology. But going back to that time, um, I moved here the year of 9-11. No one can really forget that year. Um, and I just was amazed by the amount of people who came with nothing and made a success out of themselves. I was curious. I was really still shy back then. Tell, and, me about, um, tell me about one person in particular that when you think about all the kindness you experienced in that first time, what is 
one experience and maybe they're still your friend. Maybe it was just a one-time kindness that just when you think of it, that's what, that's the interaction. Yes. Well, it was, you know, I often take, say it it just takes one person to believe in you. That's Mm -hmm. one of my characters, Wolf the Crow with Unicorn Jazz series. Um, It just takes one person to believe in you. And it was really before I moved here, there was, there's a girl named Cindy Kirkland she was my boss in my early twenties. Um, and she recognized the talent I had despite me being shy, shy. She recognized how hardworking and how I learned every job I could without being asked. I was always just curious mm-hmm. and hungry for learning, you know, going back to my grandmother saying, learn everything you can. So I kind of have in, is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so she told me so many times that I finally believed it. And I'll tell you that it's so important for people to believe in others, you know, whether it was someone like a grandmother or someone like Cindy is your teacher. Maybe you believe in others. It really, really makes a difference. Um, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for the people that did believe me early on. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. paying it forward. Boy, do I do that at a huge level today mm-hmm. when I support other people, no matter how busy I am, we are all wired for human connection, but we are, you know, I often say that kindness is currency as well. I've had a lot of currency of kindness thrown my way Mm -hmm. and I believe in giving it back. So that I would say that would be the the pivotal moment of, of someone that was specific. So um, do you remember a specific interaction with Cindy where she said something to you and it, yeah, she, I mean, tell me about a specific conversation you guys had. Yes. Thank you. So I just remember um, taking a break when I lived in El Paso and I worked for a company with her where she was my boss and, and she just sat with me and just like, you know, shook her head. Like Lisa, you, I worked with thousands of people in my lifetime. I've never met anyone like you. She's like, you need to go and explore new things, get out of the city, go and, and, and don't be afraid to venture out and learn more. And, and she's like, you are wired for big things. You just don't see it. And she would tell me like, I've never met anyone with your drive. We would actually talk after work about work. You know, when we weren't getting paid, I was always asking her, you know, questions about, you know, what's it like? And she taught me a lot about like human resources and people, how people don't know how they show up to the world. So that, that led me into being curious about human behavior, which is part of our lives and a part of relationship and communication and change. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you remember a particular conversation with her that you walked away realizing that she was right and it was time to do something and you actually took a step after that? And the reason I'm kind of digging into this is that there are really particular moments that can be the definitive moment for a course of time. So for instance, when I think about the the um, year of when I was training one of my boys for his bar mitzvah, there's no, there's no place in Helena, Montana to Mm -hmm. um, drop them off for Hebrew school. That just doesn't happen here. And um, so I had to teach both of my boys, all of, I taught them to read Hebrew, the, the, the all of that. And I taught them a lot of the prayers. And then I had a cousin who's a a cantor in New Jersey who taught them um, their Torah portions. And so I remember that year really vividly of working with our older son. I remember both of them, but in particular, I'm thinking about that year of working with this 12-year-old boy. And there was a moment where we were sitting outside with another girl that I was also helping train because 
I was training him, so I would train my friend's daughter too. And we were sitting at a park on a blanket and I brought this Hebrew book and my son, Jacob, he, he read a full sentence in Hebrew and I looked at him and he had this amazing talent for language. And he's, Mm -hmm. he also has a musical ear. So Mm -hmm. I asked him to sing it because it happened to be a line from a prayer. And I said, can you sing this for me? And he sang it for me. And I remember having this incredible moment. I can visualize myself sitting on this blanket with Anna and Jacob. And Anna and I looked at each other and we looked at Jacob and we both just were in awe because his voice was so clear and resonant. And here's this, he's 12, right? He's a boy. (laughs) And when I think about that year, that's an image that immediately pops into my head because what it represents is all of the times that I got to see something in Jacob that I hadn't seen before, certainly not in that perspective, in that light, at that Mm -hmm. moment. And I remember vividly jotting something in my head, you know, trying to hold on to the thought that when I got to speak at his bar mitzvah, I was going to have to talk about that moment. And the fact that I was so grateful all of a sudden that we lived in a place without a Hebrew school, without a synagogue, because Mm -hmm. I took this incredible opportunity to spend this time with my kid. And that's the moment that I think of as spending time with him was sitting like it. So that's why I'm asking you like about a particular location where you were sitting with Cindy, where something in particular really lights you up. Do you, I'm sure like memories are flying now as I speak. Oh yeah. I mean, there was many, I mean, this, this one instance, um, you know, I am Hispanic and I will say she's was wide, you know, blonde, blue eyed, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful woman. And I will say, his, you know, El Paso is predominantly Hispanic. So um, I often felt growing up, you know, with the diversity thing now, it's very popular. I mean, growing up, it, you know, I often felt as many people, many, you know, in my peers that being Hispanic was was a setback, you know. Right. And um, so growing up, you know, I often felt like, yeah, you know, like, like, like many people would, would see. And I, I saw, I saw mm-hmm. it firsthand how, you know, guys got the better jobs or or things like that. And mm-hmm. um, so Cindy, you know, us being very diverse, different backgrounds that she didn't, she saw me, she didn't see a color race or all that stuff. Right. She didn't see the, that, you know, who I was that growing up, she saw who I was and who I could be based on my enthusiasm, interest, authenticness, you know, really desire to want to better my life. Like she saw, she saw a girl that no one else saw in the workforce. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That, and she, she, I believed her. I, I, why would she lie about like, she worked with thousands of people and never met a girl like me and, and granted in the today, I, when I find people, I say the same thing to them. It's very rare that I find really high ethical people that want to help for the greater good. Yes. You, you know, mm-hmm. you're supposed to get a paycheck da, 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 when you work for a company, of course. Right. But you know, I have a girl, Amanda, she's been with me then since before the pandemic, she started as a college intern, worked her way into social media manager role. And, and I recognize that she's one in a million. And I, I, she knows the whole story about Cindy. She actually did a leadership paper about me. Um, she just graduated and she's, she's, 
you know, she's doing some really good things in the toy business, which was her dream is her dream. And, and I love when she tells me the same things I would tell Cindy, like I learned you taught Mm -hmm. me this and this is helping me in this job today. And and she's still part of unicorn jazz, by the way, she says she's never going to leave because she knows (laughs) what the mission is. And Cindy, Cindy, by the way, her and I are friends till today. And we still have talked. I, I, we lost touch for 20 years. I, I think I, I wrote her once I was doing well here and found a way to tell her what she meant to me and how she changed my life. Never did we, did she even expect that, but I'm that type of person. Like, how can you not thank the people that helped you? I mean, how you know, and I was going to ask you about that if you were in touch with her still. So 20 years later, did you 20 years later? And we, we, she actually became a client of mine with what, when I did marketing, and we got to work together again. And I just remember being overjoyed, crying, laughing, the same thing. By then, we knew each other. There was It's a lot easy to work with people you know and trust and like, of course. Um, and it's just been, life has been amazing. And, and I just love, you know, sharing with kids, you know, be kind to people. And you never know when the, your friend that's a, is going to grow up to be a principal and, and you need to go in and speak by the way, true story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, no one's perfect. I'm sure I didn't make everyone happy in my life, but for a good part of it, I, I, I always work to be a better person. I, you know, if I, who am I, if I'm speaking to children, if, if I'm not living, you know, what I speak about, and again, you know, I've, I've had many mistakes in my life. I know by no means perfect, but I really strive to be a better person. Unicorn Jazz and the work I do has really, you know, as the ambassador and leader of, of what I say, happiness and kindness and doing right by others, it, it, it kind of, you know, it can make you walk the talk or not. Um, I certainly <sighs> like to be the yes. one that does and, I, and people feel it. People feel you it. You have to actions. model it. Yeah, you have to model yeah. it or they know. I mean, they see right through you if you're not modeling it. Yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, the world, we are, we all make mistakes. We are all not perfect. You know, we know that. So for me to, to be able then to draw from, you know, what, what would have helped me as a child, what, you know, the same. And, and, you know, when I speak to children, I automatically am speaking to the families, to the parents and to the teachers, because they, Mm -hmm. they, you know, you're always going to learn something from someone's story. Um, and, I've been able to to look at the pain and the struggles in my life, which again, we all have pain and suffering and struggles. Um, and really then how do we turn it to the opposite? You know, we often hear suffering is a choice and happiness mm-hmm. is a choice every single day. And for me, I can have, I've had both and, and certainly we, we always want joy and happiness, but sometimes how do you know what that really is if you don't have that? And we, we all know we can't escape what's going to come our way. There's always going to be losses in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have um, a, a philosophy that I came up with based on research and working with all kinds of people, people again, living in California, super successful, wealthy, but not happy. And mm-hmm. I started studying that. I wrote a book called Skip a Step, Imparting Wisdom for Young Entrepreneur Minds. I came up with so many nuggets and research and outcomes from that. One, I came up with a philosophy called the five hats that were all wired, you know, to strive for happiness and meaning in five areas of life, family, friendship, um, family, friendship, career, connection, and uh, adventure. And that if you know where you are on the meter of your five hats or your partner or people you work with, knowing that they'll always change if you look at them as being like a meter, like a fuel, 
you know, like sometimes they're filled up, sometimes they're not. And there's, there's really no right or wrong. But if you're aware of this balance that we all can attain, that life is not about all work, which I've done. Life is not mm-hmm. about just all family. You need all of these things in life to fuel you. And, and I've learned that by watching people. And I often say to kids, you know, I, I used to not like that I grew up shy. I always wished that I had the, 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 the courage that extra people have, the, the popular people that mm-hmm. were perceived as cool people. But if I didn't grow up shy, I wouldn't have grown up watching the world like I did. So mm-hmm. I encourage people, the shy kids, which there's a lot of them in schools, you know, growing up you know, to, to, to embrace who they are. That's why I believe in the importance of celebrating your uniqueness. That's what, how Mm -hmm. come unicorn jazz unique unicorn. And, and, and for me, I wish someone would have told me, Lisa, yes, you are shy and you're this and you're that, this is what you don't have now, but you can through over time, through learning, through people, through teaming up with people can have those things. And, and so I feel that's so important to me that it resonates in all the work I do. We need a team. You know, if you want to, there's mm-hmm. an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want? Mm-hmm. I love that one. So Lisa, I, I just have one more question. I'd love to hear a story about a time that you failed something, a time that something just went Wrong. Oh my gosh! Well, I have not many. the way. These, yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I want something really specific that um, that you can speak to, so that we can hear a really specific example of something that you recovered from somehow. Okay, well, I'm going to share something that you know many people would would can relate to. In that would it would for me it'd be a relationship, a loss of a relationship, and in mm-hmm. um, you know, relationship not going the way you I wanted it to. And, um, that not working out that that's really hard for me when, you know, you count on someone to be your partner and you're everything. And, and if you're, you know, if it doesn't work out or you're betrayed, you know, I mean, that happens in life. Unfortunately, I wish it didn't happen to me. Uh, it, it's very hard. It's very relationships so again, as I just you, said, how do you ahead. see it as your failure? I'm just curious about a specific, well, because I, I feel like, like, you know, well, first of all, there's a saying that, you know, you're responsible or, or you, you participated in all your bad decisions. I've, so I did participate in that. I participated in not knowing early on that maybe this was not the relationship for me. I participated in, in going along or not wanting to walk away because I'm one of those people that one, I am loyal, but at the same time, I, you know, Sometimes I don't want to start over. Fault. I think started right. over many times in my life. So mm-hmm. not having that harmony agreement, but, and then going back and realizing, you know, I saw the flags. I should have known better, mm-hmm. but not, not trusting your intuition, not, not really. And, and I will say, you know, me being a Christian um, and, and really realizing the relationship with God and how important that would have been. I didn't know that back then either. And um so I know everyone is is different on their beliefs in that, but for me, that is one thing, one way that I was able to see life, you know, onward and better. Mm-hmm. But but I, I I really you know I I share that which is, could be a delicate subject, and thankfully that is of the past. But I say that because I see so many people you know, staying in relationships that do not serve them well, or or not listening to the signs or 
or, um, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a saying that, you know, choose your partner wisely. 90% of your happiness will come from that one decision. And that's the same for business, (laughs) right? Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm very particular about even the clients that I take on these days. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you. even even the clients you work with, if they're in, in, I'm sorry, if they're not in not good relationships or something around them is not, it's going to drain their energy. And and you know, so the people in your life, you know, people in your life, friendships, you know, partners, um, are so important. Uh, and we're wired for human connection, so we want them. So I feel it's important to to choose, to choose wisely. And, mm-hmm. and, and that takes, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, show and, and discussion. <laughs> of course. That absolutely is. I hear you on that one. Well, um, I really appreciate your taking the time to visit with me today. It's been a, a great conversation. I loved hearing your story of where you started and where you are now. This has been terrific. Thank you Thank so much you, for joining Sarah. me. So if our listeners want to get a hold of you, can you, and just yes. so our listeners know, if you're on the road and you can't take a note right now, don't worry, go to elkinsconsulting.com and go to my podcast page. And there will be a blog post associated with this podcast and all the links that Lisa shares with us right now will be listed there. So thank you. So yes, you can go to unicornjazz.com. I'm Lisa Caprelli. I'm easily found on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, and if you connect with me, I take the time. Um, I do have a, a, a team, but we are very attentive to people who um, would like to grow with us or if there's any way, if you're a, a, a teacher, a, a school educator, um, I love going into schools all over the country and uh, speaking um, about the positive messages of my of my books and encouraging students to explore and run with their imagination and doing the things they love to do. Um, it's a really, it's the, the best days of my life are when I'm in front of children. So I welcome that opportunity. Also, if you have Amazon TV, Amazon prime, you can check out unicorn jazz, the thing I do. And uh, we just continue growing and we rely on the good graces of people who believe in the movement as unicorn jazz has been called Um that's beyond the books, bringing happiness and joy to kids of all ages. Lovely. Exactly right. So um, friends, I highly recommend you reach out and um, start following Lisa and Unicorn Jazz, as well as all the other content that she's publishing that is powerful stuff. And whether you're a kid or an adult, doesn't matter. We can all use a little <laughs> bit of a reminder about kindness. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Sarah. I loved uh, being on your show. Thank you, Lisa. Are you ready to start your story portfolio? So you have the right story ready to share when the opportunity presents itself. When you're ready to get started, my book, Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will, is available in all the regular places. And the audiobook version is available on Google Play and on my website, elkinsconsulting.com. As a special bonus for listeners, the audiobook includes two songs recorded by my band, Spare Change, in my living room in Montana. Also on my website is a free podcast interview checklist. It's available to download to make sure you make the most out of your next podcast interview. If you enjoyed this podcast please feel free to rate the podcast and leave a review and let me know that you've done it so I can thank you properly.
Thank you.